This week on episode 41 of the Docs to Dads podcast, we are discussing another tool in the toolbox for dads to build resilient, thriving kids. This week's tool is compassionate, predictable availability. Are you present for your kids in their moments of need? We discuss ways to improve this skill for busy dads who have a million demands on their time at any given moment. This week on the Docs to Dads podcast. Hello and welcome to the Docs to Dads podcast, a health and wellness resource for any dad looking to actively engage with their health, the health of their children, and building a stronger, healthier community around their family. Each week, Dr. Scott, a board-certified pediatrician, will explore topics relevant to child health and how dads can be an active participant in their growth, development, and other issues that affect children and the whole family. Hi, dads. Thanks for finding your way back to the Docs to Dads podcast. Whatever you're doing while you listen to this, whether you're commuting or working out or whatever it is, thanks for bringing me along for the ride. Uh, if you find some value in this show, I hope you'll consider subscribing or following the show on your favorite podcast app. This really helps us grow uh, and helps other dads find the show. So just take a moment right now to do that if you haven't already. This week, I want to continue our discussion of trauma-informed parenting. So these are skills that parents need to help their child who may have already been exposed to trauma, but will also be helpful to raise resilient kids who are ready to respond when bad things inevitably happen. Last week, we talked about why dads should aim to be a safe, stable, and nurturing relationship for their kids uh, and in their kids' lives. Uh, and the first tool that we put in the toolbox last week was safety. So if you missed that episode, I want to encourage you to go back uh, and start with that one. You can find it at docstodads.com slash episode 40. For this week's tool, I want to share a little analogy. When I was young, uh, one of my favorite shows to watch was Boy Meets World. Uh, as you might remember, if you were alive during that time, the main character of that show was a kid named Corey Matthews, who was sort of an average looking kid who wasn't particularly athletic or popular uh, or special in any particular way, which made him an easy character for me to relate to. Throughout the show, he and his friends, the troublemaker Sean Hunter and his uh, love interest Topanga would develop a mentoring type relationship with one of the teachers at their school, Mr. Feeney. Now, Mr. Feeney also happened to live next door to the Matthews family. And so anytime Corey or one of his friends, usually Sean, uh, would get in trouble and they didn't know what to do, Mr. Feeney would always show up, whether that was a lesson in the classroom because he like moved from elementary school to middle school to high school. He was like basically always their teacher. I guess he was such a good character. They wanted to keep him on the show. I think that was a good choice, but it was kind of funny as you're, when you watch it back now, it kind of seems funny, but Mr. Feeney was always there. So he would either be uh, teaching them something in the classroom, or he might just be peeking over the neighbor fence to give that moment of sage wisdom to tell them what to do next. Sometimes that advice wasn't easy to follow. He was sort of tough Mr. Feeney, but he always showed compassion to Corey and, and the gang when they needed help uh, as they navigated their challenges. And Mr. Feeney is the one who I think of when I think about who sort of demonstrates this second tool of raising resilient, thriving children, uh, which is compassionate, predictable availability. Mr. Feeney sort of highlights this because he's, he's always there. Whenever they need him, Mr. Feeney's there. And that predictability 
uh, really is a huge piece of this. And then that listening ear. And so for you and your relationship with your own kids, you may have the best advice for your kids in a variety of situations, but it's useless if you aren't physically or mentally there to give it. So you need to make sure that you're there in those moments. And so your goal early in your child's life is to establish yourself and your partner as the go-to source for support and advice for your kids. So that way, when they find themselves in trouble, they come to who? They come to you or they come to your partner. And then you have to actually be there when, when they're ready. And so you can't be working every minute that your child is awake. You can't be buried in your phone dealing with, quote unquote, more important things. You can't be out with the guys every night or coming home inebriated afterwards um, and then expect that your kids are going to see you as that person that they should go to with their challenges. Now, you don't have to be the only person that your kid goes to and they don't need to come to you with every problem that they have, but you should be there. You do need to be present for these moments and present to help them like figure out what uh, their next step should be when they're running into challenges. And if you're not there, they're going to seek that advice from somebody else. Sometimes even if you are there, they seek that advice from other places. But to give yourself the best shot, you have to physically be there and you have to be plugged into what's going on. Now, some of us are busy working professionals. A lot of us are. And so I'm not saying that we have to like quit our jobs and sit around in quiet meditation, waiting with bated breath for the moment when our kids need us, they're going to come and then we emerge from our uh, meditative experiences to answer their questions, right? Like we're busy and they understand that. Kids kids get it. They know what we're up to. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm not talking about needing to like quit your job and, and be a helicopter parent where you're sort of at your kid's side 24-7. That's not what this is. What we do need though is to make sure that we have regular predictable check-ins with our kids. So moments in time when our kids know that they have our full attention and that nothing is going to distract us from hearing what they have to say. So there are a lot of ways that you can implement this in your family. So some families will have this time when they sit around the table, either eating breakfast or dinner. Um, Those are usually the common times when you can have family meals. And I certainly recommend that you do that as often as you can. Now that our kids are getting a little bit older, my wife and I are trying to be very intentional about like sitting around the table at dinner time to eat dinner all together uh, as often as possible. So we can just get our kids in the habit of doing that uh, and then talking about stuff that happened during the day. So tell me about what was your favorite thing that happened today? What did you do with, you know, where did you go? What did you play with? Those kinds of things. You know, right now, you know, my son is four. So it's, you know, his favorite thing today he told me was that he got to eat a cookie, you know, so like it's not heavy hitting stuff. But if we can get him in the habit of knowing that that's a moment where he can share something, then as he gets older, he'll utilize that more for other things. Uh, other times that you can try to squeeze this into your day is just to make use of the time that you're sort of driving to and from school or driving to and from extracurricular activities. A lot of times as kids get older, they're getting involved in sports or band or music or whatever else it is that they, uh, martial arts, whatever it is that your kids are into, Boy Scouts, those kinds of things. Just think about the things that, that my brother and I did when we were kids. You know, those are moments that you sort of have them as a captive audience that you can spend talking about these kinds of things. So in those moments, you can sort of turn the radio off, turn, you know, the podcast. If you're in that situation right now, just push pause on the podcast. I'll be here. Just take a, take a break and, you know, talk to your kids for a few minutes about uh, what's going on with them and they'll open up to you if you are consistent and showing up in that predictable way. 
in my family growing up, one of the ways that my parents executed this, because they also were two busy working professionals, is that we had a, a special tool for this where every member of the family had the ability to call a family meeting. And so if you were having some kind of issue that you wanted to talk through, whether it was related to the family or related to some issue that you were having at school or something like that, you had the ability to call a family meeting. And within 24 hours or so, my parents would carve out a period of time that we would all sit together uninterrupted. If my brother or I called the meeting, we could decide like, was this a meeting for everybody or was it just like me? I need to talk to my parents uh, without my brother. Um, And those were kind of the options that were available. And they would carve out a period of time where we could sit uninterrupted and discuss whatever the issue was. You know, I personally only use this tool a couple of times I can remember in my life, a couple of issues that, that came up that I needed some help with. My parents were usually the ones that called the meetings, um, but just knowing that I could call the meeting if I wanted to, that if I, if I really needed them and I needed to like call a timeout and say, I really need my parents here to help me through whatever the issue is, I had that available to me. That really reassured me that my parents were going to be present and available in those moments when I needed them. I just had to sort of uh, voice the fact that I needed them and they were there. What do you do once your kids have your attention? So we talked about sort of building this time to be intentional and predictably available. Once your kids have your attention, they need something from you before you jump to a solution. Um, And this is the number one piece of advice that you read in every marriage book that's ever been written ever. Uh, It's in every every like marriage preparation book that exists on the planet, I'm pretty sure. Uh, And that is to say, especially for us husbands and dads that like sometimes your wife and your kids, they just need a compassionate listening ear. So just like there are many times when your wife just needs to unload a concern on you without you jumping to the rescue and trying to fix the problem, your child may just have a struggle that they're working through that they just need to unload on you and they need you to just be a listener who seeks first to understand the struggle that they're working through. And then if they want your input and talking through a solution, they'll work to that. They may, and this seems crazy to me too, but they may not even want you to help them find a solution. They may only want you to listen. I know it doesn't make sense. Just go with it. We will talk more about how to receive what they unload on you in the next in next week's episode. So stay tuned for that. But just be aware that sometimes everything that they need is just for you to be available and listening. And then every once in a while, especially if you do this consistently and you show that you actually care and that you're genuinely interested in the challenges that they're facing, even if they don't feel like real struggles to you, right? Like we were all there. We remember what life was like when we were in middle school and high school and the things that felt like the end of the world in those moments that now we realize were like not even a blip on the radar. They weren't even, they were nothing. They were less than nothing, right? We've all been there, but, and your, your kids will get there eventually too, but right now it feels really important to them. And so if you show up and you validate their concern and you validate why they're feeling the way that they are, then they're going to be more likely to then ask you for whether you dealt with something like that when you were a kid or how you would handle such a situation or how you would have handled it when you were a kid. And so in a lot of these situations, the best way to get your kids to talk to you more is to shut up and listen to them more. Like just, just no talking, let them talk. And if you leave that silence, they're going to fill it with more information. 
There's a, a negotiation tactic that I learned from a book that I talked about a few weeks ago on the podcast called Never Split the Difference. And one tactic that I think would work particularly well in a situation like this is a, a tactic that they called mirroring, which basically means like as they're talking, if you want them to elaborate more, you basically just repeat two or three key words from whatever their last sentence was and sort of raise your tone as if it's a question, as if you want them to elaborate a little bit more and say like, oh, you weren't invited to the party and, you know, or, or whatever, um, you know, the situation was. And so in those situations, if you ask a question that's not just repeating something back to them, but a sort of original question, try to ensure that it doesn't carry a critical or judgmental tone. I don't mean that in a negative way, but just sort of try to convey that you're withholding any sense of judgment one way or the other until you have all of the relevant information. So try to keep a cool, even tone as if you're just sort of collecting all of the information, right? And then past that, you can work towards if there's something really important that you need to point out or some advice that you need to give or something like that, you can work towards that. But just make sure that you have all of the information because it Maybe the case that your kid doesn't know what order to give you the information in, or they may still be processing it. Part of the reason why they're talking to you about this is because they need to process whatever happened, whether that was a traumatic event or whether it was something that feels traumatic to them, but maybe in in hindsight will not be quite so traumatic. Another place that I ran into an example of this that I thought was useful was uh, when I attended a talk uh, that was done by a prominent Catholic speaker named Matt Frad. Uh, I got the opportunity to ask him a question. And so I asked him a little bit about how he gets his kids to open up and talk a little bit and sort of finding that tension between getting your kids to share. And one of the things that he talked about doing was that he talked about an approach that he and his wife use that really sort of underlines the important aspects of this compassionate, predictable availability. And so in their home, they have days that are they call Jubilee days or their freebie days, basically, where kids can disclose bad things that they've done uh, that without getting any additional punishment. So, for example, he he gave a, a story about one of the times one of the kids uh, disclosed to he and his wife uh, that they had stolen something. And so the child was required to return the thing that they had stolen, right? That's sort of a natural, normal consequence of the behavior, but did not get any additional sort of grounding or anything like that as a result of the behavior. Now, you may or may not agree with that particular approach, but it underscores sort of the importance of setting aside that particular time that you and your kids are going to talk about important issues, whether it's needing to sort of settle things that have happened or needing to get things off your chest or whatever it may be, when you show up with predictable, compassionate availability, your kids are going to show up for that as well. And they're going to share the things that are going on in their life. The times, they don't have to be scheduled, but they can be depending on what your life is like. They can be on demand, right? Like my family meeting example. But what they must be is predictable. So your kids have to know how to access that time. Ideally, you probably have some mixture of the two. You have some scheduled times. Like we know that every night we're going to sit around the dinner table, except for Tuesday and Thursday when we're at soccer practice or something like that. And so your kids know that there are certain days out of the week, or we know that like Sunday lunch is a time that we've sort of set aside to spend all together as a family. And that's a time that we're going to sit around the, the, the table together then they can utilize that time to talk about an issue that's come up. Um, Or they can know 
you know, as they're going to bed, that if they say, hey, I really need to talk to you and mom about something that's been bothering me or I'm, it's an issue that I'm not sure what to do, can we, can we do that? Then you can say either, yes, do we need to do that right now? Or let me talk to your mom and we can figure out a time tomorrow to all sit down, you know, just the three of us and we can talk about it or whatever is most appropriate for the situation. But having your kids know how to access you in that way will give you that sense of compassionate, predictable availability that's going to help you help them grow. And so I just want to challenge you this week to to think to yourself about how do you show up for your kids in a predictable and compassionate way? Does this seem like too much to ask of dads who already have so much on their plate? Or how have you found a way with your wife to make this work in your home? There are lots of different ways to do it. I've tried to share a few examples uh, of this, and certainly uh, we don't have the magic of television to be like Mr. Feeney, who just sort of appears when the moment is necessary. But we do have ways that we can build in both scheduled and and on-demand sort of ways for our kids to access our time uh, to make sure that they're coming to us in those moments of need so that we can support them. If you have any ideas about this or things that have worked for you, tactics that you would share with other dads who might be struggling in this area, I would love to hear from you on social media. I respond to every message that I get, uh, especially if you reach out to me on LinkedIn or Instagram. Those are probably the two that I'm on most frequently. Uh, Or certainly if you email me at docstodadspod at gmail.com, you will get a response from me. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast this week. The other thing I hope you'll consider is subscribing to my newsletter that's just for dads. It comes out every Monday morning. So you can subscribe to that by heading over to docstodads.com slash newsletter. Each week, my newsletter subscribers get bonus content that I write up that's either relevant to the content of the week or is a place where I answer listener questions. Sometimes I get really good uh, questions from you uh, in my email inbox. And so I just share those questions and some answers in that bonus content section. There's a couple of different things. Uh, I also share sort of the latest things that I'm getting into during my little bit of downtime that either help me relax or make myself a better dad or a better doctor in ways that I hope will be helpful to you. So this isn't like three links to articles that doesn't take me any time and has no thought in it. This is like a meaningful work that I put together um, for you because I know that the dads who listen to this podcast uh, take very seriously their role as dads. Um, And not only do I take my own role as a dad seriously, but I also take seriously the fact that you give me that space in your inbox, that that time out of your day. And so I want to make sure that I'm bringing you the best available content that I can. If that sounds like something you'd be interested in, I hope that you will head over to docstodads.com slash newsletter and join me every Monday morning in your inbox. Thanks, as always, to Phil Rabon, the producer of the Docs to Dads podcast, who edits the show and is working on some of our upcoming video products, including video versions of this podcast and others. If you'd like to connect with me on social media, I'd love to hear from you. Please reach out. Tune in next week where we're going to talk about our next tool for building resilient, thriving kids, and that's called the emotional container. So what do you do with that stuff when your kid unloads on you? What do you do with that? And the answer is you put it in the emotional container. Um, So if that sounds intriguing, uh, make sure you tune in next week. Until then, remember that what you do as a dad matters. Keep building healthier dads, happier kids, and stronger communities. Thanks very much. The information included in this podcast and other Docs to Dads platforms is intended for your education and entertainment only. 
It is not intended as medical advice and should not replace a relationship with a primary care pediatrician or other provider who will give the most appropriate recommendations for your individual situation.